Hello, beautiful. Get your coffee. It's time for Coffee with Matilda, a journey to self. Today, I'm with beautiful Natalie Dolan. She's French-American. <laughs> and uh, Natalie, you are joining me from? I am in South Florida, Miami. Oh my God, that's United exciting. States. I'm missing <laughs> Florida. <laughs> I'm missing Very America, hot, actually. <laughs> And um, yeah, I'm in Paris right now. So yeah, I'm missing New York. I'm missing anywhere the in US. the world right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to introduce you to the audience. You are a life coach that you help people to find their whys, which is very interesting, and the purpose in their life. And me and you were trying to do some episodes series of podcasts yeah to be and we are naming it uh to be the ceo of your life so we want to figure out step by step how we can navigate ourselves to be the ceo of our own life mm-hmm. today before starting this podcast i friended you on instagram and i saw a post that really um, moved me and I thought maybe it's a sign and we have to talk about this today and you agreed so mm-hmm. today it marks 23 years since Natalie lost her father and her father took his own life and um, I feel you will have a lot of emotions the reason I'm understanding, I, obviously I cannot understand you fully because this hasn't happened to me directly, but I had a friend that took his own life last year, which I'm close friend to his wife. And there is not a day that maybe for a couple of seconds, I think of him. I wasn't close to him. I'm close to the wife, but somehow he's in my day-to-day uh, activity in a way. And okay, maybe if not every day, a couple of times a week, I remember him. Mm-hmm. And it's bothering me. I have still anger towards him because I see how much he affected my girlfriend's life. Um, there is a peace in it i feel happy about it sometimes i feel um i feel like it was his own life so he had the choice to do whatever he wanted and if he felt like it then that's good to go that but then no again i'm angry at him so i'm I'm kind of confused and when i saw the post i was like oh my god maybe if we share some insights and since you're a life coach i'm sure Maybe you had clients like this. Maybe we can go over how these emotions are and how life is for someone that is affected very deeply about this event. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about our episodes and how we want to uh, create this series together. So the, the, I'm sure this episode will be emotional, but I'm sure also it can be... Um, encouraging as well uh, because we're talking about life and life is so precious and i love life and i cannot imagine taking my own life i can't i cannot even imagine harming myself i cannot even wax let alone do something else (laughs) (laughs) i cannot do anything i can i'm like i cannot harm my body but um yeah tell us First, a little bit, tell us who you are. Sure. Um, firstly, I want to say thank you for inviting me here to Coffee with Matilda. I feel honored. Secondly, I want to <laughs> say <laughs> sorry for the loss of your friends. And, um, you know, mm. I know it, I know it's not easy. So thank you for sharing that. A little bit about me. So I am a life coach. It's something that I've been doing for several years, probably a few decades because I've always been someone people come to for help or advice or they just tell me their whole life story or 
I have a question or I have an idea. Can I run it by you? Or do you have five minutes? And it ends up being an hour on the phone. So in reality, it's been a good amount of time that I've been coaching people on what feels right for them. And now officially I'm, I am a life coach. I love helping people find their why. Why are, they, why are they here? Why are they working in that job? Why are they in that relationship? Why are their goals not coming to fruition? Why, why, you know, the big question of the life of why. I, it's one of my favorite passions to help others get there. And um, I started coaching and now it's something that I do almost on a daily basis and it feels so good. And all of us are different. All humans are different. We all have different goals and different whys. And the best part about all of this and what I do is that everybody already has whatever they need inside of them. You have it inside of you. I have it inside of me. She, he, we all have it. It's just sometimes it gets dirty and you can't really see it or it's a little cloudy and you got to like brush it off a little bit and then you see your energy. But we all already have everything we need to get to our why. That's amazing because I want to find my why. A lot of times I question myself. And actually, imagine this. You are half French and half American. And today I'm talking, I'm in France talking to you. And today is the day that you lost your dad. Mm -hmm. And it's our first time collaborating. Isn't that interesting? It's more than interesting. Sometimes it's like a sign. Really I was going to say, the universe, the universe knows how to make things happen. So we found each other and here we are. And yes, today, today is a very special, deep day for me. So how would you like to talk about it? Um, well, I will start a little bit at the beginning. My Whenever, mother, whenever you feel like it's too much, it's okay to not talk sure. about it. So Sure. <laughs> However you feel like it. Sure, no problem. Um, I will start with suicide is never an easy topic. So if you're listening to this and you're feeling a little bit sensitive, maybe wait for a day that you're feeling a little bit stronger within yourself. Um, to get started, my father is an immigrant. He came to the United States. He met my mom. They fell in love. They had three kids. So there's three of us. And we had the house with the dog and, you know, working family. And American dream. Up. American dream, right? We were in school. We did sports. We did activities. They were working. We came home. We had dinner, do homework. It was, it was nice and also tough, especially for my father. And for years and years, you know, sometimes he would feel great. Sometimes he would feel not so great. And the way it came out for him was anger. His, his way of manifesting him not feeling well came out in anger. Um, we were all a little bit too young to fully understand what that meant, but my father was suffering from depression, from deep depressions. He, my father was a super, super kind person, so kind that his heart was so open, and I, and I feel like he would suffer from other people's suffering, right? Not just his own, like he would take on the neighbor's problem or, you know, his aunt's problem in, in the islands. And then, so he would take all that on and it was, it's too much for one person mm -hmm. to feel so many things. And he suffered from depression, which ultimately led to life being very difficult and too much. It was too much for him. And he chose to, to leave this earth um, by, by suicide. You know, you mentioned something very important that he was very kind and he was trying to help and listen to everyone's problem. I feel like maybe you have that kind of a <laughs> attribute too, like to listen and try to help other people. But one thing that maybe you do for yourself is you take care of you. Mm -hmm. You won't get to that point as well. So other people that are listening and they are especially parents, mothers that are constantly taking care of other people and the last person is them is dangerous because then you're going to go to depression and you're not going to be the best version for yourself and for others so maybe self-care can help do you think if for example someone in that position would have done more self-care 
would have helped him. 100%, 100%. And self-care is good for <laughs> a million reasons, right? And it's important, just like you said, sometimes adults, mothers, fathers, parents, even ourselves, we forget. We forget that we have needs. Our bodies, our minds, our spirits, our hearts, they all have needs. And when those needs aren't met repetitively, not being met, not being, not being met, we suffer. We become, we have a dis-ease within our body, which can manifest into being overweight, or we get chronic headaches, or we're not sleeping, right? So self-care is an important tool, and I think just lifestyle, because if you don't take care of yourself, no, who else will? Uh, yes, when you're a child, your parents do, but at a certain point, we grow up, and if you don't do it, who else will take care of you? That's very nice, Natalie, what you're saying, because my podcast is about self-love, self-care, like it, everything starts with you and ends with you. And when we have our series, I'm sure we're going to go very deep in this topic, but it's very important. And I'm reminding myself every day and I'm telling whoever that has any problems, I'm like, but do you connect with yourself? Do you understand your needs, who you are, what you need? Is this because your child is saying that you have to do, but does it really go with your body? Does it really go with your uh, emotions? So it's very deep. And do you, I mean, as a life coach, what do you think? How can someone ingrate that part in their daily routine or in their daily life in general? Mm -hmm. So for me, mindfulness or being aware, right? Everything starts with mindfulness and being aware. Once you take a moment, and it can be one moment, to listen to yourself, mm -hmm. to listen to your heart, to listen to your mind, well, that gets tricky, but to listen to yourself. We're humans, especially now, well, not so much with COVID, but we're always going. We're always going, and this is done, this, do that, do this, run here, pick up this, drive there that's great and we get to take a moment when we take a moment for ourselves with your eyes closed with your eyes open it doesn't matter you become mindful when you become mindful it means going within and not necessarily always listening to your thoughts because thoughts can be your ego's way of <laughs> tricking you but it, it means going within It can be as simple as, you know what, I'm really thirsty. I haven't had any water today. Let me take a break and go get some water. And then you're hydrating your body, which is a physical need. It can be, you know, my eyes have been twitching and twitching and twitching. Oh, I just realized I've been on the computer for three hours straight. Let me take a pause and go walk and look outside. And you're taking care of your body. Like Taking care of yourself starts with mindfulness. When we become aware of what our needs are, then the rest becomes kind of easier because then you have a path. When we don't know what our needs are, and, and, and in a lot of times in life, we have the dog to take care of, your sister, your daughter, the mom called, your, the bills have to be paid, right? All of that life, which is beautiful, sometimes we don't take those moments. And we, those moments are everything. So that's how I say start. Starts with awareness so that you can build a path towards more, towards creating all the things that, that you need because those needs are important. Amazing. Awareness. Very nice. Awareness. So go, let's go back to your, so what happened? I mean, how did you digest this? This is not something uh, that you clearly yeah. digest. It's not an easy thing to digest. I was younger. I was 19 when this happened. And at that time, I felt like an adult. But now looking back, I realized I wasn't an adult yet. Right? I was still very young and naive. And my... Um, I'm sorry? And pure. And pure, yes. Like, I was just like, oh, just beginning, right, of, of life. And this happened, and I reacted with anger. Anger was there right away. Anger stayed. Anger was the first thing out of my mouth, to my family, to anybody. And the anger forced me to become isolated and go within, but in a, in a negative way. Because I wasn't expressing what was actually wrong. I wasn't expressing my needs. I was just shutting down and being in this cave of anger, which 
over time can be very harmful. Um, the anger stopped me from a lot of things. I didn't cry over my dad for seven years. And not until seven years after he died is when I started to cry. Like, I think being the eldest in my family and having a little bit more responsibilities, I, I just, the anger kind of made me a little bit stronger to just push and do things. But I was suffering inside. So seven years later, after he passed, I started to cry and then I didn't stop. Mm-hmm. And then that's at that point, my friends and my family were like, Natalie, you need help. And then I, I sought help. I looked, I looked for help and then I, uh, I did some therapy, which I was very resistant to. I was very resistant to. And then I found that it was a really good outlet because I was expressing all the things that my anger wasn't letting me express. Mm-hmm. We were getting to the real root of what was going on because anger is an emotion, but it's like a face value emotion. Anger is usually covering other things that are much deeper. So therapy helped me immensely because I was letting out some of those things that were had no outlet. So that's one way that I started and it helped. Mm-hmm. And then the journey becomes really interesting, but I don't know how far you want me to go into the journey. <laughs> so let me uh, let, uh, tell the audience as well. So really to look for therapy because they might be angry and they might not think that, oh, they need this because they didn't do something wrong. I think that's one of the reasons maybe people might reject therapy is because they're like, oh, I haven't done anything wrong. Why should I go for it? Somebody else did something wrong to me, kind of a deal. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's important to talk with someone that it's not affected the same pain, like it's not your family members, and they can give you professional opinion or professionally they can guide you to navigate maybe your pain and uh, somehow be okay with that pain because you cannot change that fact what happened you know and you mentioned something really important pain so when something like this happens and you lose someone suddenly most times it's suddenly you're not you're not aware right and this happens someone takes their life Everyone experiences pain very differently, very differently. Like for me, I didn't cry, but my, one of my siblings cried every moment from the moment she found out for like weeks. So pain manifests very differently in everybody. Mm-hmm. And grief, grief manifests very differently with every, in everyone. And because I was 19 and I didn't even fully understand what grief was until I started going to therapy, but Grief is is one of the hardest parts about dealing with someone that passes. And to me, a little bit more difficult when it's someone that chose to leave, right? Like, you wouldn't necessarily be going through the grieving process if if that person decided to stay here with you, but they left. So grief is a whole other topic, and um, a lot of people know about the five stages of grief. I'm not going to get into that. It's super amazing, but you should read about it because it's, it's a real thing. What I want to say about grief is that allow yourself to grieve the way you feel it, right? Like everyone will say, oh, you should just cry and get over it. Or it's been a month. You should feel better by now. Or you know what? Why don't you just read a book and then you'll f- it'll be fine. It, that does not work everyone's grieving process is extremely different. So what I want to offer to everyone listening is that your process will be your process. Feel all the things that come up and let yourself feel them. If you're feeling angry, feel angry. Get it out there. Get angry. Feel it, feel it, feel it. If you're feeling really sad, get sad. Try try to flow through the things that are coming and don't stop them because it's better when we let them process through our bodies because eventually it comes out. And, and that process is a great process of grieving. And there's no right or wrong way of grieving, right? Some people may argue that, but I, I strongly feel that the grieving process is completely different. Pain is felt differently by everyone. So 
that was a great thing that you mentioned. I wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> Good, but listen, how was so? Did you know this thing can happen? Like, was he talking about? No. I want to, and it just so, happened accidentally. No, no, actually, so he started to. My my parents decided to separate, mm. and then things started to change a little bit. Um, you know, they weren't they weren't happy in the marriage, and it was just life stress and yeah. things. And that's when he he moved into another place. He he moved out of our house, and from then on, he really started to feel like as sad and depressed and and disconnected to his family and. A lot of those things, I'm not saying it's the cause, I'm just saying it's part of, part of the things that started to happen to him. And instead of him speaking out or asking for help or asking for support or, or expressing his need, right, he had a need of wanting to be with his family more often or his children more often, but that wasn't being expressed. Again, so going back to the beginning, which is we get to be mindful and listen to our needs. He had a lot of needs that were not being met. And with the depression, that just brings you down really low. Um, he started to eat poorly. He wasn't sleeping. Like, so we did notice some of those signs. Um, but my father was really good at just always saying, I'm okay. I'm okay. And then immediately try to help you or try to go back to helping other people because that's what he was so good at, right? So... Maybe he felt good by being the hero of other people. Mm-hmm. So that heroism, I think there is a thing in personality that they, they feel good when they do things for other people. Mm-hmm. And, and also uh, hearing this story made me think there's a lot of men. I think the percentage of men doing suicide is higher than women. Mm-hmm. And I think because women... I'm, I'm just thinking because they don't have the ego issue that much that men they are more likely to go and get help whereas men they might feel not masculine enough if they go and ask or they don't like that vulnerability mm-hmm. um, and sometimes if you're vulnerable you know you can get help and but unfortunately Especially at that age and time, you know, I think men right now, our age are different, but our father's age. Past generations definitely saw. Past generations, in my experience, of of the the male archetype, the male of a family, saw vulnerability as a weakness. Mm -hmm. Like, it was just a weakness, that's it, close it, don't show it, put it in a corner, hide it. And like you say, in today's world, it's a little bit different. People are learning that being vulnerable means that you're sharing, you're opening, you're, you're being honest, you're connecting, you're, you're being authentic. You're sharing mm-hmm. a deep part of you, which connects with a deep part of somebody else. And how beautiful is that? However, in the past, I agree with you that showing that vulnerability was a, was a no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't cry. You're okay. Everything's fine. And Everything wasn't fine. And, and I think I'm also an immigrant. I was an, I mean, I was, I was living in America. So I was an immigrant. I'm uh, Armenian from Iran. Go figure. So I was an immigrant there. <laughs> and I think as an immigrant, you feel bad to show a lot of vulnerability as far as, mm-hmm. oh, life is difficult. Especially, I'm sure on top of it, you're a father, you have children, you constantly have to provide and be the strong man and can cause a lot of different layers of responsibility that um, unfortunately, if it's not, your needs are not met, everyone does different things. Some people go to addiction in an older age, they, uh, they start the habit of addiction in something alcoholism in men are very high because of this i think uh they are afraid of failures and uh, you know a lot of responsibility we put a lot of responsibility in ourselves we need to do this we need to provide we need to and sometimes we need to just check and see how are we doing okay yes 
So yeah, going right back to the mindfulness, right? Like taking a moment for ourselves and, and checking in. And as I, I offer this to my clients, but I also do it for myself. I sometimes will say, okay, little Natalie, talking to the inner child inside of me, what's going on? I noticed the last few days I've been very short-tempered and just snipping at people. Mm-hmm. And then I realize and I take a moment and I reflect and I'm like, okay, this isn't coming from me. This is coming from something deeper. Okay, little Nat, what's going on in there? What do you need? And it, it seems funny. It may seem funny to people. But I promise you the things that come out of that, only good comes out of that. I'm getting emotional to hug little Matilda. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that is also a good thing. So there's also a practice of physically hugging yourself and you say, little, I've named my little girl, but little Matilda, everything's okay. I love you. I choose you. Because we've all had childhoods and things happen in childhood mm-hmm. and those things stay with us, right? And and my father didn't, and it's not just him, right? Like the world is shifting. We are shifting into a more mindful self-care, self-love. How do you be the best version of yourself now? 23 plus years ago, that wasn't, that wasn't so much the thing that people mm. talked about or sought out or it, it just, it wasn't. And mental illness, again, I can't stress this. Mental illness always gets pushed under the rug. Like, Oh, just take some medicine. You'll be fine. Right? Like mental illness is a serious disease that affects thousands of Americans and people worldwide. But in America, the suicide rates are, are pretty high because I don't feel like there's enough attention being spread into the mental illness aspect of it. And illness, like most illnesses can be cured. And if it's not being cured, it can be managed, right? Like there's always a way. And, and, the biggest thing that still hurts me a little bit is that there were ways back then too. It's just I wasn't aware of them. My father wasn't aware of them. And sometimes I just want to go in a little time machine and go back and say, hey, guess what? We can do this. Or, and, and sadly, I can't do that for my father. But what can I do now? Now I coach people and I help people and I, I spread this message of there is always help and it doesn't have to be, there's not one way you're receiving help. There's so many ways of getting support. And so now I try to do that as much as I can. You know, Natalie, it's a beautiful way that you're saying it. And I think when you start honoring yourself, when you start really I mean, who is more valuable than Matilda for Matilda? No one else. I mean, everyone can go, and then I'm going to be alone till end of the end. It's going to be Matilda <laughs> with Matilda. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Last yeah. breath. Yeah. So mine as well take care of Matilda very well, because the rest of the people might not be there, no, might be somewhere else in the world. And I'm always next to Matilda, so I should take care of my soul, because... Um, I had a, I have a podcast about a man with four wives and it's a Tibetan story and it tells you how different women are reacting but what it's saying is that we have all these four wives in our ourselves and if we cannot love our soul pamper our soul take care of our mm. soul and mm-hmm. understand exactly what our needs are so we can become a better version for ourselves and for others. Mm-hmm. Lots of things can go wrong. Um, and I'm in this journey of self-love. <laughs> I, don't know how much, I don't know how much I can love myself more, but I know I can <laughs> love myself much more. Because I There's always more. Exactly. I haven't reached my goals. And I'm thinking one of the reasons I haven't reached my goals in life is maybe because I don't have the right discipline for myself. And really discipline is loving yourself enough to put yourself in certain situations so you can reach to your goals. So it's kind of my new mindset and I'm trying to, through this podcast, 
share people about self-love and self-care and reach my own goals too <laughs> well i think you're doing your fantastic job and i would like to invite you to reframe what you said you said i haven't reached my goals how about every time you think that you say i haven't reached my goals yet yet right like yet until now but tomorrow it's another day and the next day and the next day and because you're on this beautiful journey of loving yourself and the promise there's always more right like put more into yourself do it because matilda will only be with matilda until the end of days and the better version of yourself the better version like you mentioned for other people and eventually for the world and we all know that right now the world needs as much love as possible and, and exactly. look at what you're doing you're bringing people look you brought us together it's keep going you haven't reached your goals yet so think mm -hmm. about it that that way yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so listen tell me a little bit maybe like maybe five more minutes of sure what happened afterwards how do sure. you get better because we okay yeah to, um understand um you know how they can navigate their life mm -hmm. if they they went through the same journey as yours mm -hmm. losing someone that they really love like that mm -hmm. and um yeah and then maybe people would like to connect with you oh my god i uh, love that to so, see how they can go forward with that so that anger that i spoke about mm -hmm. didn't leave very quickly that anger stayed with me so if it's been 23 years, let's say the anger has been there for 18, 19 years. I ran. The and anger, anger, of, uh, um, anger of my father, like in the way I saw it was he left me, he left us. Why would you do that mm -hmm. when I, was, I needed you? I needed you here. I want you here. I want to share yeah. life with you. I want to do adventures. I want to talk to you. Something as simple as talking to you, right? Like, so I was angry that I couldn't, I can no, I could no longer do any of those things. Mm -hmm. He chose to, he chose to leave. So that anger stayed with me. Ooh, hoo, hoo. <laughs> and it forced me to run. Instead of doing what I do now, and I talk about mindfulness, instead of looking inside, I went the opposite and I was just running. I went to live in Belgium for a little bit. I went to live in Spain for a, a good while. I went to live in South Korea. Oh, I, I, I changed exciting. jobs. I was changing jobs here and there. So I lovers, wondering. were you changing lovers too? <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other topic. The yes. juicy stuff. <laughs> the juicy stuff is always a good stuff. The answer is yes. So I was running from everything when really the thing that I was running most from was myself and my pain, mm. which you mentioned. Yeah. And one day. I realized that I realized I can't remember I recall the exact thing but one day I was just like no more running and um, I started taking some courses I started taking courses about how to transform my life mm -hmm. because I realized that I wasn't happy that I was a little bit depressed at times that I was angry all the time I'm, I'm also an ex-New Yorker and I lived there for 30 plus years and so right like in new york you're just go 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 and i had that beautiful wall up like stay away don't talk to me don't look at me i'm doing my thing you do your thing it, it was it was it was but that fed my anger it, it all of that fed that beast that was growing inside of me until that day i started taking courses and i started to look inside it was it was one of the most difficult, difficult, difficult things because I didn't want to. I didn't want to look at the pain. I didn't want to feel the pain again. I didn't want to think about those things again. And it's not easy. Mm. But I decided that I wanted more. I wanted a better life. I wanted something else. I wanted something other than what was going on. I wanted to become the CEO of my own life. I didn't want to be running from things and, and bouncing around and i started taking these courses and 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 a little bit of talk therapy too um and then i just 
my spirituality opened also. I started to become closer to God, the universe, source, whatever, everyone has different names, but that beautiful energy of pure love, I became closer to that. And I looked in the mirror. I looked in the mirror, I looked inside and I looked at that pain and several years of that work, several years. And, and, and it's not easy work. And I'm, and I'm saying this now for everyone listening. When you choose to do this, you choose to do this because once you start, you can't just say, oh, no, I don't want to see that anymore. No, like not once today. you start, <laughs> yeah, not today. I don't want to. <laughs> this work is life work. Mm. So it's a lot of up and down. And I was on that train roller coaster. It was up and down. And there was weeks that I was like, oh, I feel so good. I feel so good. And then something happened and I would just come right back down and, and feel lonely, depressed, sad, anger. Again, my favorite. Um, but I, I stuck through it. Matilda, I, I worked and I worked and I worked and I, I cried and I talked and I, I, I write. I've been writing since I was a child. Sorry, it's one of my therapies. I, I did all of the tools that I offer to my clients and not for this topic, but for several topics, right? Like I lived and breathed all the things that made me come to this point where I am now, where I don't feel that guilt. And with suicide, people feel guilt. And it's like a big, heavy rock on top of you. I've let that go. The anger, I've let that go. The sadness, of course, comes up. As you, as you see, I get emotional, but it's, That's I let it, yeah. it, it is. I let it come up. I feel it and I, and I let it go through me. I don't hold on to it. And, no, I, I've become a lot more fluid with life. Like I flow with life and, and now I feel I want to be flow with life. <laughs> <laughs> Come flow with me. Come vibe with me. So N-Vibe, N-Vibe Tribe is the name of my coaching company. Uh -huh. So I like to say, come and vibe with me, right? Like let's vibe together. Let's raise this up. And, and that's, to answer your question, that's what I did. And it was uh, several years. And uh, not to say that some days I still don't feel good. Of course, I'm human. However, do I now have the tools to address my needs? Yes. Instead of running to the next exotic place? No. I, I, I listen to my needs. I listen to in here. And that makes all the difference. Amazing. What, what if, like... I mean, again, because I haven't been in your situation, so I don't know if this is even a logical concept to share. What if when somebody that is going through that and they haven't worked the work of healing, if they feel like their loved one didn't want to be here anymore and you love them so much that you have to let them go, by you keeping them or thinking about them that why they did that is because of your selfish reasons and if you really love them that's what they chosen do you think that can help that kind of an attitude or is it even possible someone that goes through that pain to even think in that these terms Great question <clears throat> and very difficult to answer because remember how I mentioned everyone experiences pain differently and grief differently. So it's tricky. For some people, that may very well work and then they realize, oh wait, I do love them and this is what they choose. Okay, I, I let that go. But for some people, hearing the words let go of a loved one will cause disruption inside of them so it's possible it's not something that i would recommend to everyone what i really recommend is the five stages of grief denial anger acceptance oh i forgot i forgot them so we get to revisit this but going through those five stages and they're not in sequential order and you can go to stage one and then go to stage three and then come back to two and go to three 
That is so normal. I think one of them is depression, yeah? Depression, yes. I and denial. Go, yeah, right. Anger. Why don't have to look this and up? So cool. Um yeah. but allowing yourself to go through those because only until after you're you're in a comfortable place with your grieving can you then think differently. Yeah. You you you've shifted a little bit. When you're in the grieving process and someone tells you to let it go, I would have been like, yeah, I'm going to double punch you. Like, I'm not letting go of anything. This is my father. Like, really? <laughs> no, no, no. Right? Like, I, because if I'm still in grieving mode and That's someone right. says that, I'm going to be like, oh, what do you mean? So it's tricky. It, I understand where, where, you, where you're coming from. It, once the person fully delves into the grieving process, then they can shift a little bit. But it's, it's a little tricky, that one. You know, because why I even came up with this, I had a friend that was losing her mother. And it was very painful to see this process. But at the end, like, I, I mean, the concept was if she can be better in a different world than us, then you have to love them so much to not be in this world because maybe this world is too much for them. It's painful for them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. And then you feel like by keep, by wanting to keep them here is because kind of you're selfish. You want them for your, for you. But reality is you need to let them go to have their own soul journey that, they're supposed to have I don't know I mean I can I'm 100% I hear you especially because I'm a true believer of the Buddhist principle of no attachment right however that's now yeah after I've gone through all of that work now I'm choosing those things so for me now I can easily say I have let a lot of those pains and things go did I let go of my father of course not but did I let go of some of those heavy things that were weighing me down 100%. And that's why I feel free. And that's why I can talk to you about this. However, there's no way I would have been able to understand the concept of no attachment and then apply that concept of no attachment to my life without having gone through all the, all the, all the hurt, all the grief. So I, I, I totally agree with that principle, but that person has to get there on their own. Like we can't, and so I was saying, like you can't force grief. It some people one year, some people never, some people twenty years. Like it, you grief is is its own process. Process. And then afterwards, of course, like I, I, if someone told me (laughs) the no attachments, I would have laughed. Like I, I would have laughed. But right now, right now, most days I live my life with no expectations and no attachments, and that's what makes me so free. And that's what makes me so ready, right? Like ready for anything because right now I'm living right now, right now in this moment. And why would I have an attachment to this moment? Because in another moment from now, this is over. So now I understand those concepts because I've done that work. Amazing, Natalie. I think today we're honoring your father and what I think it's amazing and I'm sure your father can see you Mm. and he's around you always and what a beautiful way of honoring him when he sees he has this beautiful woman beautiful daughter that has this kind of a wisdom and kind of he she forgave him for what he has done because that pain was very big mm-hmm. and it was very deep. But you chose to go within and digest that as best as you could and be this beautiful woman. <laughs> I think you should, well, you should love yourself double for what you've been through what was the cards of life for you and what how you dealt with it and how who you are right now it's amazing i hope people that are listening they understand whatever situation they have 
they can overcome. And mm -hmm. honestly, your story is an amazing comeback story because if you didn't do the work that you did for you, you couldn't shine, help other people, have a beautiful life for yourself. And you have this beautiful energy around you. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. We are even talking about this and I'm actually enjoying my conversation. We're talking about from a very sad topic, but honestly, it's sad topic, but has a lot of energy, a positive energy to it because what you've done with that, it's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. If I had a daughter, I want to have a daughter like any five. Oh my goodness. Now I want to cry all over again. No more crying. No. Um, that is so beautiful. And, and I know we want to wrap up, but really quickly, you said the one of the last most important pieces about how to work with losing someone to suicide and that's forgiveness. Right. So that, that's like, for me, it was the last piece that was like, it was kind of like the cap on top of like the hurt and the anger and this little last piece was the forgiveness, but this little last piece was the most difficult to do. So we do you think we dive into that more, but um, do you think it's the most, how do you try to forgive? Is it? Um... <laughs> Ooh, this is a tough one because I, I, I'm mean and I still struggle with this and I chose to forgive my father when I realized that I had no control over what happened to him, right? It was his path. It was his life. And he did the best that he could. That was his best. And he gave it his best. And I still have my, my father inside of me and I still have his memory and I still have his energy and I still have his legs because I look like my mom, but I have his legs. Right? Like <laughs> he's, he's still here and, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I had a father that was so sensitive and so, he had a huge heart. Right? It's a beautiful thing. And, and maybe it was a little bit too big and it, it was heavy for him, but it was, what a beautiful lesson, right? Like, I want a big heart, too. I, I want to, I want to live. I want to have good energy. Like you say, I want to help others have good energy. Like, I, I now I see it all as a, as a lesson. The cards that I was dealt gave me, gave me a lesson, gave me this rainbow at the end. And the lesson you think what it is? Oof, the lesson for me was be here now. Amazing. And by that I mean present. Be in this moment. Be present. We, we have no control. Humans have no control. Our egos tell us all the time we can control things. So not a true story, which definitely we can get into that one day, but we have no control. Right? So when you let go of expectations and you're fully present in the moment, then it's like boundless opportunity. When you're in a, you're fully in this right now, there's boundless opportunity. And, and that lesson was my biggest lesson. That when I am present, life is precious. Life is precious. So because life is precious, how do I get the most juice out of it, right? In like the good way. And that's, being present, be here now. Amazing. Be here now. I'm, actually, I feel like whenever I'm <clears throat> upset or depressed is because I'm not present. 100% mm -hmm. at that second. Mm -hmm. and you're probably I, holding on to something in the past yeah. that happened or you're, or you're anxious exactly. and worried about something exactly. in the future. But and when you're joy, here, the joy goes. That zest goes from my life <laughs> and when I'm truly present with the pain with the happiness with the joy I feel lively I feel alive I feel like oh my god Matilda I love life but when I check out for a couple of hours I'm somewhere else in the past or in the future then lots of ugly things happens and I don't enjoy 
my life as it should be. And one moment, one um, important point you just mentioned, saying you chose to forgive him. I think in any area in your life, if you are upset of someone or you're hurt so much, so heavy like this, I think you only can do to choose, to choose to forgive, because that's what you have control over. 100%. Natalie, this is uh, this was <laughs> not in a plan, but I saw this on so Instagram beautiful. today. But then everything I think happened in an uh, interesting way. And your father is French. And mm -hmm. I'm reading about your father is from where? Martinique, in the Martinique. French West Indies. Martinique. It's a beautiful island. And the funny part and the interesting part is I'm reading, um, what's her name, Isabel? Josephine. Josephine, sorry. I'm even forgetting <laughs> what book I'm reading. And I'm fascinated by her. I'm through half of it. It's been two days I'm um, uh, reading it. And I, I was thinking, oh, where is, I mean, I'm sorry. I guess my geography is not very good. And I was thinking, where is this Martinique? I've never seen anyone from there. And then here we are today. And we're honoring your dad from there. But a beautiful moment. Now I'm going to continue my book. And I was thinking of that same area. Because it meant that in this book, they mentioned a lot Martinique and what had happened to her and how, what kind of a place it was. Beautiful. All uh, of this has been beautiful. Uh, you, your energy, our conversation, your book, all of it. All of it. Yes. So we're going to see each other next week. And we're going to start to be our CEOs of our life. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Ready to get more people out there having everything they want. It's possible. Exactly. It's possible. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you, Natalie, for sharing us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Sharing us this beautiful moment, remembering your dad. And I want to dedicate this episode to my friend, my girlfriend in New York, that she lost her husband, which is my friend as well, I guess. And um, honoring your dad and the lessons that we learned from you, that you went through this hard path in life and it gave you some beautiful lessons. And I'm happy that you learned the lessons. And I'm sure these lessons will help you so much in your life. And, and I continue to learn them, right? Again, like mm -hmm. I will keep saying this. I am human. Like Sometimes things keep happening because I haven't fully learned the lesson. So I... And you're I, helping other people. And now you're going to... It's amazing. Help. And you know, yeah. I learned from my clients too. Like the lessons that I give them and the topics that come out, I'm like, oh my goodness, this happened to me last week. And it's, it's such a beautiful thing. Like lessons, I am fully alive in you. I don't know how I know because I'm in a constant state of learning. What beautiful way to be alive. Like it's, it's a blessing. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you. <laughs> Until next time, we are yeah. starting our episodes together. <laughs> Till next Have a good time. night, good day, good morning, wherever you are. Ciao, guys.